0: remembers any of the sequels after T2. The thing that people remember most about any of these sequels is Christian Bale's rant that was caught on audio. Oh, that
1: was on that set. That
0: was on Terminator Salvation. Oh, shit. So that is more memorable than anything from the actual fucking movie. They're just not good and they need to stop. McG (laughs) is not James Cameron. (laughs) Sorry, man. I met him once. He seemed fine. (laughs)
1: Mission Recall listeners. I'm Oriana Schwint.
0: I'm Steve Parkhurst.
1: And we've got an absolute fucking banger for you guys today.
0: (laughs) One of the all timers. It took us a while to get here, and I'm glad we finally did.
1: It's finally time to say hasta la vista, baby, (laughs) Uh, to Terminator 2 Judgment Day, James Cameron's 1991 follow up to, um, you know, Terminator. And God, it's just, it's so good.
0: Also, the prequel to Terminator Salvation, everyone's favorite Terminator film.
1: Yeah, yes. I've definitely seen Terminator salvation we'll
0: get into all the sequels a little bit later um but yeah it uh it's time baby let's let's dive well, in
1: so this is great i actually hadn't before summer of 2021 i had not seen a single terminator movie
0: blasphemous uh, I wish I'd known that before we got married. That's
1: true. We did get married before I had seen a Terminator movie.
0: That's a big. That's a big mistake on my part. I feel like I really goofed on that one. But
1: but you know what? We rectify. Although I've still only seen the first two. I no, haven't seen. That's fine. Okay, good. That's yeah. like proper. Yes. <laughs> that's as it should be. It's
0: for the best, really. Again, <laughs> we'll get into those.
1: <laughs> but it is just astonishing how. Fucking great this movie on every level. Sometimes you'll get sort of effects-laden movies where the effects are just incredible but they couldn't be bothered to write dialogue that didn't suck dog shit. Not true here.
0: On every level from the the dialogue, the acting, for the most part. We'll touch mm, on that a right. little bit. But the effects just Honestly, just the cinematography, just yeah. the shot composition, the editing, the sound design. Little touches. Tiny little touches. Every part of this, it's just firing on all cylinders. It is really a nearly perfect movie. Mm-hmm. I guess for those of you who don't know what Terminator 2 is about, we'll do a, a real quick recap. Very quick. recap. Little, yeah. The film follows John Connor, a ne'er do well ten year old. It does actually say oh when. God, he's only ten. When supposedly, that's yeah, the character is
1: supposed to be only ten.
0: The reason I know that is because Robert Patrick's character looks him up in the database in the police uh, database, and it says age or date of birth, or I think like age ten. He's clearly like thirteen.
1: Yeah, twelve, thirteen. Yeah, kind of. He looks kind of the age that the Harry Potter kids were yeah. in the first couple of movies
0: anyway he's sort of a rebellious tween who's going through it he's in a foster home and he's kind of a little dick and he's robbing from atms and going to the arcade (laughs) at Uh, the
1: Galleria. at the
0: galleria the
1: sherman oaks galleria though
0: the lesser galleria (laughs) Uh, and he and his friend are going to the galleria and then they are accosted by two grown men right robert patrick and arnold schwarzenegger and there's a, a big gun battle at the galleria followed by a car chase uh through i guess the la river yeah or some it is, it it is. It's, it's the la, LA river. river yeah eventually it's discovered that uh they are both sent back one to kill John Connor and the other to protect John Connor. They have to break uh, John's mother, uh, Linda Hamilton, Sarah Connor, mm-hmm. out of a mental institution and go out to the desert to get all their weapons. And then Sarah Connor goes back to try to kill Dyson, the the inventor of Skynet, basically. Mm. Things go awry. They end up going to the Skynet headquarters. It's Cyberdyne Systems. Cyberdyne Systems yeah, it's not baby. actually Skynet yet. Mm-hmm. Where a bunch of explosions and cool shit happens. And all then the cops show all, up. All the cops show up. And then the whole film climaxes at a steel mill where Robert Patrick and Arnold Schwarzenegger fight to the death. Uh, and Linda Hamilton also is there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and also Edward Furlong. Yeah,
0: Edward Furlong.
1: Hair in his eyes all the time. Oh,
0: everybody has hair in their eyes <sighs> all yeah, the time. Yeah, it's
1: the only, it's almost the only part of this movie where I'm like, just just, just brush, brush your your hair. it back. Jesus Christ, just brush the hair out of your eyes. I can't take it.
0: But uh, yeah, that's the general gist of it. You know Terminator 2. If you don't, watch it. Now, uh, it'll only be, by the time this comes out, there'll only be a couple of weeks left where it's on uh, Netflix at the moment. One of the reasons we didn't cover this movie earlier is because it, Kept disappearing from streaming. various streaming yeah. services. So at the moment, it's on Netflix. It won't be for very long. It's the end of February. Maybe it'll pop up on Amazon or HBO or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's another one. Like I say every week, go buy it on Blu-ray. This I, is worth it. I think I need to. There's, yeah, I'm kind
1: of surprised you don't. I am have too. It. I don't. Do you, I, I, I feel like you had it at some point, and maybe in a purge or something. I'm.
0: I know we had it on VHS when I was a kid, (laughs) but I don't think I ever, for whatever reason, I just never had it. We'll
1: we'll invest because I have to say, when I watched this for the first time last summer, I could not believe how good the effects are. So Robert Patrick plays a Terminator. He's the T-1000. He's like a liquid metal Terminator. The effects of the metal, you know, he's constantly shifting in and out of different forms. His favorite one is the Robert Patrick fascist cop one, which is great little commentary Mm -hmm. from Mr. Cameron there, who does have surprisingly good politics for an obscenely wealthy Hollywood... Elite guy. Um, yeah,
0: I was I was going to talk about that a little later, but since you bring it up, James Cameron is closer to like Paul Verhoeven than he is to your Zack Snyder,
1: unexpectedly, or your
0: Michael Bay's. He is shockingly politically good i I've heard stories that he's kind of an asshole, that he's not great on set. He's had several wives, I including would, <laughs> Linda Hamilton. I'm not going to try to defend him as like a person in his personal relationships no. or anything. But the man has pretty about as good a politics as you can hope for with a big for a guy like that. Unfathomably wealthy Hollywood producer. not bad
1: considering All considering
0: again just politics wise i'll take it you know that's that's kind of the best we can hope for even compared to modern action movies You know, I just said Zack Snyder and Michael Bay, they're kind of famously pro-military, pro-cop, that kind of stuff. But even, like, by Marvel movie standards, like, his movies never really involve, like, the army, the military in any way, in any sort of favorable Yeah, like,
1: you know, the cops in this movie, we, Edward Furlong, makes the Terminator, our Terminator, Arnold Schwarzenegger, not kill cops, but it's rooted more in like, you, you shouldn't kill people yeah. instead of you shouldn't kill cops. And right. I, I do wonder if there was a bit of a studio note behind that as well, which was like, you cannot have Arnold Schwarzenegger wasting cops.
0: In the original term, Hater, he wipes out an entire, entire
1: precinct. precinct.
0: <laughs> and because they were trying to make him the hero in this, I'm quite certain that they that was 100% <laughs> a studio note. Because you need to explain why he's not killing people. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, that's your hero. Mm -hmm. Like, I get it from a studio point of view. Uh, But yeah, like, the cops are just kind of there as an obstacle. They're not really there as heroes or villains. They're just sort of in the way. Right. And they're a little bumbling. They're sort they're of... They're a little
1: bumbling, and they're also like, you know, an arm of institutions that are objectively bad, like the mental institution that Linda Carter... Carter? Linda Carter. Ha- Hamilton. Woman is there. Yeah. Uh, that Sarah Connor is trapped in.
0: Um, yeah, there's always been sort of an anti-institutional bent to most of Cameron's films. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, like Avatar is probably the most overt But again, here you know it's uh, played almost for laughs. But uh, Sarah Connor talking about like you men, you're the same men who invented the (laughs) uh, hydrogen bomb, and all you can do is kill, and it's it's you have no idea what it's It's, like to create create
1: life, and it's and I do like that. We Edward Furlong is like
0: okay, mom, can it? (laughs) We we got bigger fish to fry. I think that is indicative of his kind of larger political viewpoint in Titanic. It's, you know, slobs versus snobs, yeah. basically. Yeah. And it's Kate Winslet is a class trader mm-hmm. Little stuff. It's never, you know, over... Again, yeah. Except, not never, there's Avatar. But generally, it's under the radar a little bit. But I'll take it over a, just a straight-up ad for the fucking Air Force. Yeah. Captain fucking Marvel. You know,
1: I don't love that.
0: <laughs> not a huge fan. No. So that's... My general take on James Cameron's. Yeah,
1: I think it's I think it's it's kinda nice. Um and then you, you have the effects that still I cannot believe how good these look. I could not believe when we first watched this, I was like, what year did this come out? Nineteen ninety one? Are you serious?
0: Two years before Jurassic Park. You know, it's kinda of funny, like the effects that you see a lot of them. You could pull off more or less the same effect in, like, After Effects or Blender or Cinema 4D these days. Like, you could do it on your home computer. Sure. But there's also an attention to detail that they put in. Like, how the effects interact with the world around them is really, I think, what sells them yeah. the most. Uh, you see people's reflections when the T-1000 turns into liquid metal. You see, you know, people getting stabbed by the knives and just how the effects play into the surrounding environment and how they interact. Like one thing that kind of goes along with that is the sense of humor that the film has. Yeah. Where it's not a comedy but there's so many little moments that are just Mm -hmm. funny. They're just thrown in. They don't need to be there. For example, when Robert Patrick, when the T-1000 goes through the bars at the mental institution Mm -hmm. and then his gun gets caught. Yeah. He has to just turn it sideways to pull it through.
1: It's just such a little thing and like.
0: He didn't need to do that. He didn't
1: need to do that and a similar moment. So when we're in the Galleria and Robert Patrick is chasing Edward Furlong, Robert Patrick goes through this clothes store and there's a mannequin that's like painted all silver, which is a great little moment. But I don't think we've seen Robert Patrick be fully metal at that point. I think it's a, it's like a foreshadowing thing. We've seen him get shot and like see that like oh something is clearly up but I don't believe we've mm. seen him actually so it's this wonderful little foreshadowing for what we're going to see at the end of the car cha- that that first car chase mm. which is also incredible
0: I didn't even pick up on that I yeah. mean I picked up on like Robert Patrick looking at the metal mannequin yep. and kind of giving him a little, mm-hmm. little side eye mm-hmm. which is just a fun little moment but great. you're right like it is sort of a foreshadowing that's fun which is
1: a great little touch that again you don't like need need if you wanted to cut some time you could right but yeah it makes the movie it makes the movie
0: yeah all the little touches here that are put in really do they all add up to just a better movie like Mm -hmm. it's a serious big budget action blockbuster that is still having some fun it seems like it really wants to entertain the audience and that seems like obvious of course a movie wants to entertain its audience but i don't know man it feels like when you see a fun movie nowadays you're almost kind of reminded like oh yeah movies can
1: can be be fun fun." they can delight and entertain whereas i feel like a lot of movies these days are just trying to shock you instead of delight and entertain you
0: or they're kind of a dirge it's the same kind of thing where everyone who does try to have humor in their action movies understands the cadence of humor but doesn't actually understand how to write comedy like doesn't understand how to tell a joke and what's interesting about terminator 2 is there aren't that many actual joke jokes but there's a sense of comedic timing like it's sort of physical comedy Mm -hmm. almost like robert patrick and arnold schwarzenegger both understand that guys getting thrown around and punched and having no expression (laughs) there is humor to that and there's little touches alongside that like it's sort of famous at this point that robert patrick trained himself not to blink when firing a gun Because why would a T-1000 blink? Mm -hmm. And that's a great little touch that you would never even really notice. But once you do, it's like, holy shit, that's commitment. But it's that same idea of like, these guys aren't going to react to anything. They're not programmed to react. Right. So then you get this comedy to it. And instead of trying to tone down the comedy, I feel like James Cameron allows that to happen. And like Arnold Schwarzenegger has great comedic delivery you know, there's sort of the father son aspect of him and Edward mm-hmm. Furlong, the, you know, little Bart Simpson bullshit oh. <laughs> that I think Furlong is doing, which kind of falls flat. But like Schwarzenegger's reactions to his tomfoolery are pretty good. Pretty
1: good. You can see why Jingle All the Way happened. Yeah. And when did Kindergarten Cop come out?
0: I think that was technically before. before. It was around the same so time. So you though. can maybe see... Maybe 1990?
1: So maybe it's sort of a reverse thing where mm. they saw a Kindergarten Cop and were like, oh, we can introduce like a younger character and, and yeah. have this work and have this dynamic that is really fun. And so it's it's not cool to shit on children's acting. Right. What I am going to complain about is kind of the volume yeah. that they had. We edward furlong at there's just parts where he's just yelping and it's like i can't i don't like this
0: you feel bad for him because he was clearly going through puberty and he probably i don't know what the production schedule was like for terminator 2 this movie came out quite a while after the first terminator mm-hmm. yeah first one was 84 this one didn't come out till 91 james cameron is pretty infamous at this point for production delays avatar came out 09 and we still don't know when the next ones are coming out <laughs> uh titanic was famously delayed like a year or two it's pretty common for him so my guess is furlong was cast as a 10 year old oh yeah and by the time they actually got to shooting instead of recasting him they just kind of were like it's fine it's fine and you feel bad because he's going through puberty his voice cracks a lot and super not his fault here's i guess my only critique against terminator 2 and james cameron in general as a filmmaker James Cameron is an all-time great action filmmaker. Yeah. I don't want to sound like I am criticizing him. No. Because holy shit, the man knows how to put together a film. My only minor critique is that I don't think he's the best director for kids. Mm -hmm. When especially, I just mentioned Jurassic Park, Lex and Timmy in Jurassic Park are great. Spielberg is famous for knowing how to direct kids. And it shows. Yeah. He's able to direct kids at about the same age as Edward Furlong and make them not completely obnoxious. Right.
1: Like Lex in Jurassic Park, and obviously we'll talk more about this when we we do that Which we got to do soon. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe the next one. Maybe. That's a character who could easily, very, very easily fall into the, like, screaming child in peril trap. And she is a screaming child in she peril. She is, and yet... It works it somehow. It works. You feel for her, and, like, it's never... The volume is never too high. It, it's just done in such moderation, whereas furlong is constantly like going up into registers that he
0: shouldn't be and it is also like the dialogue itself it's weird because the dialogue for pretty much all the adults is fairly natural feels pretty good but then furlong's character really (laughs) or john connor feels like bart simpson or yeah that's not even fair it feels like a studio note of like, hey, people love Bart Simpson. This was like the height of the, yeah. the Bart craze right. in 1991. People love him, make him, you know, more sarcastic, make yeah. him more of a little punk. Yeah. Make him a little little shithead, basically. Yeah. It just comes across as unnatural. It comes across yeah. like an adult writing kids. Yes. And again, like in Jurassic Park, they act and speak like kids. Like kids. It feels real. Yeah. And this time it just feels a little bit too much like he's don't have a cow man. Right. Yeah. I you know, caramba. Basically.
1: <laughs> Say hasta la vista, baby. Yeah. Chill like, out.
0: That whole scene in the car of. Him talking about like how to do slang is like, oh, brother. Mm-hmm. So that's, I don't know. I, I It kind of feels like Cameron was put in a place where the studio is like, we got to have a kid. We got to have a Simpsons character. You basically. would think that they
1: would have hired one of the Simpsons writers to like punch that character up
0: maybe maybe they did (laughs) i don't know yeah it just doesn't quite it doesn't translate
1: to live action certainly
0: there are some quieter moments where i think edward furlong does a perfectly good job and he's he kind of gets it right yeah but then there are moments where it's like oh my god you guys talk to an actual child please." please
1: james cameron has Kids. He has kids, although
0: so, I don't know if he did at the time. Oh, maybe he didn't. Kids are, you know, that doesn't mean you know how to direct kids just because you have kids. That's true. Uh, but okay, so that's that's like my main critique is there. Basically, are, there yeah. are moments where you're just like, let's let's move this along. Let's get through <laughs> can, this.
1: Can we? There is the other weird thing, and then we'll return to the unabashed praise. <laughs> uh, is the Sarah Connor voiceover that you know you get it at the beginning totally cool, got to reintroduce people to this world after seven years. And then it disappears, which is good because it served its function, but then it reappears sort of in the middle-ish, maybe like two-thirds.
0: It's when she's out in the desert Mm -hmm. uh, and kind of thinking about the yeah. impending apocalypse and deciding to go after Dyson. Yeah. So, I a little after the middle, I'd say a little before the third act.
1: Yeah. But when does uh, when does the third act start for you? For me, I think it's when they go when she goes after Dyson.
0: Oh, I would have said it's once they get into Cyberdyne. Mm, interesting. I think Eh, I don't know. I'd have to think about it. That's, that's my gut reaction.
1: It's all kind of academic. It doesn't actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know. But uh, yeah, so the, her voiceover appears there and you're like, ah, we don't super need this. Like Linda Linda Hamilton is a very good actor. Yeah. We can understand what she's feeling and what the stakes are. Like that, I don't know if that was also kind of a studio note.
0: Yeah. Usually it feels a little Blade Runner y. Because, especially that voiceover, later on at the very end, I could see at the it end coming is fine. In, um, but. That voiceover in particular is just like, the Terminator's a better father than anyone could be. He's not going to get drunk and hit and hit John. And it's like, that's not really what this story was about. I know right? there's a father-son aspect to Sure, this. but we
1: get that. We get we, that. We don't need you to tell us like, that.
0: All of Not all of that, but her looking at the two of them as they interact in that sort of slow motion mm-hmm. way, I feel like that would have conveyed enough to yeah. get the general vibe across that this is sort of, john's new father figure absolutely without her having to spell out like hey audience this is john's new father figure. Right. that's that's a bit much um so yeah that part's a little strange and feels blade runner yeah ish but the rest of
1: it amazing yeah
0: i i do feel like that is where my critiques end because especially after they intercept dyson and go to cyberdyne Holy shit, man. Balls to the fucking wall. This movie's metal as hell.
1: (laughs) No pun intended. No pun intended.
0: A little pun pun intended.
1: intended. (laughs) The action is just so clear. I I feel like I've had my brain turned to mush by most action movies. And I think that's part of why I kind of avoid a lot of action movies these days is just because it's fucking confusing. Everything is so cutty and it's like everyone fights like they're a professional fighter instead of like Linda Hamilton when she's fighting to get out of uh, the mental institution. Like, yeah, she fights like someone who's like kind of been training, but, but not in the like, oh, I've taken muay thai lessons for the last two years every single day and have a personal trainer you know it's less choreographed yeah obviously
0: choreographed it's choreographed but it's choreographed to be sort of a messy down and dirty fight right when she's breaking out of the mental institution she's just straight up punching guys in the face and taking you know bats to the head and it's not two people squaring off which in a like a kung fu film and something like the raid I do you love a good that. kung fu why would this character know that kind of fighting technique? right she wouldn't and neither would the guards like they're underpaid right they're just there to work like so it feels real and she looks appropriately fit like yeah she looks like she could kick your ass, mm-hmm. which is fun. Like most female superheroes and just action stars these days look so waifish and kind thin, of noodly And noodly. <laughs> and it's it's like, could you land a punch?
1: That is that's the other thing. So Linda Hamilton looks appropriately fit. Yeah. You know, a little wiry but she hasn't been eating well i don't think in the mental institution and really really surprisingly i think uh schwarzenegger who was you know this bodybuilder don't get me wrong he looks like a bodybuilder but he doesn't look gross it's fascinating there's some like there's a little veininess so like he appears in this movie uh naked right and you get all the close-ups of his of his muscles and whatnot and they There, it's clearly a a guy who devotes a lot of time to his body and these muscle groups, but it doesn't look insane. He still looks recognizably human. Yeah, you know,
0: it's so funny to think back on how much of his reputation was built around him being this overly muscled up, you know, bodybuilder, and nowadays that's just what every guy in an action movie looks like. But worse. But worse. So you've got like just a whole other level with your Chris Hemsworths. Your And rocks. your Rocks and Vin Diesel's. John Cena's like guys who are just one big throbbing dick. Yeah. One thing I noticed in this is like Arnold kind of looks like Kumail Nanjiani in the Eternals.
1: Somehow even like a little less, a a little less
0: veiny, and it's fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger.
1: Yeah, the the guy. This was his whole thing.
0: What happened there? How did this? How, why have
1: we done this to men? Why, like
0: yeah, like women are too noodly and men just look insane.
1: It's so sad, and I feel I like feel really, really bad for the actors who have to do that just to get roles like who's gonna say no i'm not gonna do that so i'm not gonna be in this marvel movie that will like set me up for life where did this come from
0: like nothing against kumail from all i've heard he seems like a perfectly nice guy for sure but he didn't need to do that he was a bollywood they didn't they
1: didn't need to make him do that yeah that's the real problem i don't think he wanted to do that he wasn't
0: even shirtless in the movie for christ's sake
1: why why
0: Well, and, you know, I think a famous example these days is Chris Pratt, who isn't even the worst offender of all these overbuilt gross bodies, but he got super ripped. And it's like everyone liked him as Andy in In Parks and 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 Rec. Yeah, yeah. And then you made him look kind of weird. Yeah. That's a bummer, man. It's that's... like,
1: ah, he doesn't, like, he looked like a person. Yeah. And it doesn't mean, like, he doesn't look like a person now, but there is a a stretched quality to yeah. all of these people.
0: Yeah. Like, the skin's too tight. It's just a it little hasn't... too tight.
1: And I know that's all the Botox that they're pumping into everyone yeah. these days. I mean, I, I, like, I hear about women who are in their 20s getting Botox. Nuts. No, stop. It's yeah. okay to have a face.
0: Yeah okay to be able to move it
1: so anyway great to see arnie looking somewhat like somewhat
0: normal oddly normal
1: comparatively normal, yeah. comparatively normal. Well, and it's Robert very patrick
0: weird. doesn't isn't all built up no. and he's sort of skinny by design yeah. because he's a little liquid metal man
1: <laughs> yeah he he gets his naked moment too mm-hmm. and uh he's muscly but like just in a oh, this guy runs triathlons kind of way
0: right he's gonna he's gonna corner you at a party to talk about the marathon he he's just gonna did. talk about his macro <laughs> he was uh, an Iron in, intake oh my God, so speaking of. The Galleria that we mentioned earlier. Yeah.
1: The, the
0: Sherman Oaks Galleria. Yeah,
1: the Glendale
0: Gallery is is so much better.
1: I Actually, the Sherman Oaks one is probably, probably better. Probably fine. They're both um, awful. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, malls. But, you know, I will say this, this movie is very L.A. in a way that I like because it sucks. Yeah, It's L.A. that sucks. And, like, yes, that's true to this place.
0: They don't try to make it seem cool. They make no. it... It kind of reminded me in the beginning a little bit of licorice pizza, where it's just. You're like, in the
1: valley. You're
0: in the valley. It sucks. Uh, everything looks like shit. The
1: LA River is a trickle. Yeah. And you can ride a dirt bike and a semi truck. And a
0: semi truck. God, the truck budget of this movie is I wild. I can't.
1: It must have been millions of dollars. Yeah. Surely.
0: I mentioned in the previous episode how I miss movies that were expensive and look expensive. Mm-hmm. It looks like all the money's on screen. And I think. Terminator 2 is maybe the best example of that. It's an expensive movie, and you can tell. That first chase scene in the LA River when the truck plunges over the overpass into the river and is chasing uh, John Connor, and then Arnold shows up on the Harley, and it just looks incredible fucking amazing there's this shot where we have john connor in the foreground looking behind him as the truck careens into the river and it's this long lens and it's all in camera it's all done for real and it looks fucking fantastic like mind-blowingly good it's it's you just go how did
1: they do that
0: it reminded me a lot of speed in the same sense of like all the stuff they were able to capture in camera and make look fucking great. I was thinking about the Oscars recently <laughs> um and how This movie got nominated for a bunch of technical Oscars, you know. But
1: no, I cannot believe this didn't get a Best Director.
0: No Best Director, no no Best Actress for Linda Hamilton, who does a great job, by the way.
1: She is so good. Like, yes, okay, Arnold Schwarzenegger is the guy, but if she doesn't work, this movie doesn't work.
0: Uh, Especially compared to what her character was like in the first Terminator, like the transformation. This is an achievement of a film in so many ways. Linda Hamilton, at least should have been nominated. Like, she walks this tightrope of being kind of an unlikable asshole. She is
1: extremely unlikable most of the movie. (laughs) She doesn't
0: seem like a particularly good mom. Like, yeah, she shouldn't be in a mental institution, but she does have some mental health issues. She
1: clearly does. So when she decides to go after Dyson, who has played perfectly by joe morton shout out to joe morton uh loved him on the good wife too (laughs) Uh, and his wife is played by s epitha merkerson who is also a delight well known to fans of the law and order franchise so she's great it's really funny it's this like (laughs) prosperous black family. Joe Morton's character, Dyson, is the project lead on what will become Skynet, basically. Uh, And he's using pieces of the old Terminator to create Skynet, basically. He doesn't know where these pieces are coming from. He doesn't know what it will lead to. But Linda Hamilton just shows up and not only tries to snipe him, but like shoots him and like his wife and child are there trying to like get her to stop doing this. And like she calls his wife a bitch for no reason. (laughs) Like she's just so at 11. And I understand that like the fate of the world is at stake, but I mean, let's maybe not call Epitha Merkerson a bitch.
0: It was a heated game (laughs)
1: You're like Jesus. Can you chill? Do you really have to kill the guy? Why didn't you
0: think about talking to him first? Well, if the whole plan had just been, hey, let's go show him Arnold's arm, which ends up happening. Right. Once he saw that, he was like, oh, all right, let's not do this. Like, right. let's destroy this.
1: But and like, I will say it. Do- that's not. That doesn't feel like a plot hole to no, me no. or anything.
0: Like she's a little. She's crazy.
1: crazy. <laughs>
0: Uh, she knows the apocalyptic future and no one believes her. So it is understandable. Absolutely, And that's what's great about her performance is that in spite of all of this, you're kind of rooting for her. Yeah. Like she's...
1: She has this inherent likability yeah. to her.
0: Speaking of her performance, uh, when she discovers that Arnold is back mm-hmm. and, you know, he's there, she thinks he's going to kill her. And there's that great moment in the hallway where she's trying to escape from him. And I was thinking about how this was originally going to be a big, you know, surprise mm-hmm. of the film. Technically, that reveal happens earlier in the Galleria with John, but it was supposed to be a surprise for audiences, because Arnold was the bad guy in the first one, mm-hmm. so it would stand to reason that he's the bad guy in the second one. However, the studio just couldn't keep it in their pants, <laughs> and because they were so desperate to sell him as a, an action hero now, mm. they spoiled it in like the trailers and all the marketing materials. And so it was never actually a surprise. And it's funny that we live in an age where like spoilers are such, so verboten. Yeah. And people get so. Everything
1: is a spoiler. Everything's
0: a spoiler. People get so mad about it. And it's funny that there was a movie where there was an actual honest to goodness spoiler that the studio was just like, yeah, yeah. It's that's it's good. That's it's, it.
1: People won't want to watch this unless he's a good guy now. Right. So we got to tell him right up front. But what is funny is not having seen this movie and somehow managing to avoid any spoilers at all. I went into this movie not knowing the twist and was delighted.
0: It's <laughs> <That's> amazing.
1: <laughs> I can't believe.
0: I don't know how I avoided it. Did we watch Terminate the first Terminator first? Yes. Wow, good for us! Yeah, sorry because I saw this years before I saw the first uh, Terminator, uh, and then went through a, an annoying contrarian phase where I was like, "Actually, the first one's the oh, best one." Boy. And don't get me wrong, the first one's great; it's I very love, good. I love I the love first it. one, but from a, a technical standpoint, this one is clearly better. Yeah, it's just this is an achievement. Made. The yeah. first one doesn't have an annoying part Simpson character. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but otherwise, like, this is clearly just a more well-crafted yeah. film, and there's... Huge budget. And I mean, again, though, a huge budget that you can see. Oh, yeah. You know, the final sequence isn't just people shooting lasers mm-hmm. at each other. It's all happening in a working steel mill. I mean, obviously, that's a set, but it's a great-looking set. But it looks set.
1: amazing! And what I love about that sequence is it's two extremes. You You get the crazy cool quite literally nitrogen liquid nitrogen truck that that spills everywhere and so you get to have that like amazing moment where robert patrick freezes and shatters and then you get to have the molten steel yeah. and the heat and have him melt like you get the best of both worlds it's a bit of a song of ice oh, oh no and fire oh no <laughs>
0: sorry i'm divorcing you that's fair well,
1: incredible use of the setting too yeah. like they actually use it it matters it's that a, it's molten steel it's not
0: a big gray fucking airport
1: it's got bisexual YouTuber lighting <laughs> you get the beautiful glow from from the molten steel but also like there's this all this blue light Coming from outside, above, ambient, yeah, ambient like, yeah. you know, metallic sort of light. It's just lit really well. <laughs> like,
0: Nothing shot on green screens. Like, for yeah. all, all it gets called out for its effects, it is, like, kind of small effects. They could only do, you know, the Molten Man and some other little things here and there. But this is all being shot on real sets in real locations. And so you end up with... Just great-looking shit that holds up 30 years later. Mm -hmm. Also, a quick shout-out, speaking of Linda Hamilton and uh, Sarah Connor, one little thing that I noticed that I hadn't picked up on before is in the very beginning when she breaks out of the mental institution, she puts her hair up in a ponytail. (laughs) And that is a bugbear for me. I I really appreciate that she did that because one thing that annoys the shit out of me in pretty much every modern action movie is that all the women always have their hair down. Mm Mm-mm. It's like, that's not a good way to fight. Or run
1: or anything. No, it's no good. I put my hair up every day by 2 p.m. basically because I just can't deal with it anymore.
0: Like imagine trying to fight somebody with it down, flapping around in your face.
1: I don't think I've ever seen anyone running with long hair and just being loose.
0: Yeah, that's because that's, that's categorically insane. That's crazy person behavior.
1: Unless, like, I guess if you don't have a hair tie handy or something, but uh, yeah,
0: if you're like running away from a killer and you, you know, were surprised and I don't guess. have a hair but, tie. But
1: honestly, most women always have a hair tie, right?
0: You know, I guess superheroes don't, there's no room for them in their stupid no, little spandex. Fucking Get your hair up in a ponytail or a bun, ladies. A bun, I a mean, bun. a bun's really where it's that's at, that's where
1: it's really at.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Something I've been thinking about when rewatching this is the myriad of sequels that have come out since Terminator 2.
1: Yeah, what are we up to at this point? Let me see if I can few. just,
0: uh, why don't you look it up? I'll see if I can remember off the top of my head. There was uh, T3, Terminator Salvation, Terminator Genesis, and Terminator Dark Fate. Am I missing one?
1: Yeah. Uh, no, you're not missing any, but T3 is technically subtitled Rise of the Machines. Yes, yes, whatever. Um, There was also the TV show, uh, the, oh, Sarah, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Which,
0: which I did watch some of that, and it kind of, of all the sequels or all the sequel material, it was actually pretty good. Yeah,
1: it had the reputation of being genuinely great.
0: It was a solid TV show. I haven't watched in years. I don't know how it holds up, but, you know, it had uh, Lena Hadey. Oh, my Hady. God,
1: it was Lena. Yeah, yeah. what?
0: Yeah, and she did a great job. She's a great Sarah Connor. That's sort of the best example. To, I've only seen bits and pieces of most of the sequels. I did see all of Terminator 3, and to its credit, Terminator 3 does has some interesting ideas. It never quite gels as a mm. movie, but it does bring up some interesting concepts. Basically, the main one being like, Skynet is going to happen one way or the other. We can't actually stop it. All we can do is prepare for it. Mm. It's sort of like... Unlike T2 saying no fate, Uh, it's saying, yes, fate. Oh, Uh, interesting. We have no choice. The future is set, which it's extremely nihilistic. Like, it's it's a pretty dark movie with a very dark ending. It's got a villain problem where all the movies actually have this problem since Terminator 2, where they've never been able to come up with a villain as compelling and interesting as the t-1000 it's always been sort of lesser iterations of that ever since terminator 3 and terminator salvation tried to break away and do something a little original but after that they really leaned into the nostalgia factor Mm. and started bringing back you know they brought back arnold they brought back linda hamilton they probably would have brought back edward furlong if they could have Mm. Uh, i think he just didn't want to well sure Um, but like They've really tried to lean on like, hey, remember the good movie? All your friends are back. (laughs) And the problem with that is all it does is remind you of a better movie. Mm. And like, oh, I'd rather just go watch Terminator 2. But I think it speaks to the quality of Terminator 2 that we keep letting it happen.
1: Yeah, trying to recapture.
0: None of these movies, I think, have affected people's views of T2. Right. As bad as they all are in their own ways, people don't seem to care. Everyone just kind of pretends it didn't happen. And the franchise itself continues to try to retcon itself. Every new movie does a like a soft reboot where it's just like, oh, all that shit? No, no, that didn't happen. Mm. Here's what really happened. And you get into the whole problem with time travel in the first place, yeah. which is that you can endlessly reset. Right. You know, I, I, oh, they did actually bring back Edward Furlong. Oh. But in a weird fucked up way where they brought back like him as a tween and then they just shoot him in the face. Ah! They just murder him in like the first scene of of the latest one with Linda Hamilton. My advice is to just stop. And I don't know if there are any more in development right now. I think the latest one might have finally killed the franchise, at least for a while. But no good franchise lies dormant forever. They'll try to bring it back. That's true. But the problem is you've got these enormous shoes to fill, and no one remembers any of the sequels after T2. The thing that people remember most about any of these sequels is Christian Bale's rant that was caught on audio. Oh,
1: that was on that set? That
0: was on Terminator Salvation. Oh, shit. So that is more memorable than anything from the actual fucking movie. They're just not good, and they need to stop. It was as close to a perfect action movie as you could get, and I don't know if you can ever recapture that, unless you just break away from it so far that it is essentially a totally different franchise, which I think is what Salvation was trying to do. It just wasn't a very good movie. (laughs) Maybe if it had been a great movie, they could have pulled it off, Mm. but it kind of sucked. Like, (laughs) McG is not James Cameron. (laughs) Sorry, man. I met him once. He seemed fine. (laughs) That's my hot take on on the whole Terminator mm-hmm. franchise, and I don't think it's a hot take. I think everyone kind of shares this. Like,
1: yeah, that seems a fairly widespread opinion.
0: Please stop. Just let it die. It's fine. We
1: have we, we have, have the ones that exist.
0: Well, we have one really good movie and one all time classic movie. We can forget all the rest. Yeah, I don't know. Sarah Connor Chronicles was pretty good, so like keep that around. But the yeah. rest, let's let's wipe the slate clean and stop. <laughs> Just stop.
1: Well, yeah, you also had an, an Avatar
0: take. Man, I'm full of hot takes tonight. You're just Just, rolling them out,
1: shitting out (laughs) takes.
0: It's sort of a mix of a James Cameron take and and an Avatar take. Mm. And Avatar is by no means a movie I love. I've seen it twice. Once I saw it in 3D and IMAX and had a great time, as I think most people did. A lot of people will try to say, like, no, I never liked it. But if you saw it in 3D and IMAX, you probably had a pretty good time. It was pretty fun.
1: I did, but I, I kind of don't remember it. Like, I don't remember much about the experience except having to pee and being... So I was in, the, I think it was like the Lincoln Square sure. IMAX. Sure. Uh, and we were like in the dead fucking center. Oh, you're fucked. And there was no... You're, you're not getting out of there. I was not. Just pissing um, your seat. It was a pretty agonizing time. It's a long time. movie.
0: <laughs> I've, been, I've, been, I've been in those situations where you really have to pee and it's kind of all you can think about.
1: The same thing happened to me with us too. I like bolted as soon as the credits started running.
0: So anyway, well, most people who didn't have to pee
1: uh, <laughs> remember, right, remember like I had, had a good time. At least had a good they time. had a good time. I paid a lot of money certainly. Sure,
0: it was expensive. It's not James Cameron's best movie. All the criticisms about it being Dances with Wolves but with Blue People or Pocahontas with Blue People, they're not wrong. Like, No, it's, not at all. It's pretty heavy-handed. You could even possibly argue it's moderately offensive.
1: Yeah, the guy quote-unquote going native. Yeah. Not not,
0: great. not
1: awesome. Not awesome. Not awesome.
0: It's kind of a perfect encapsulation of James Cameron's politics yeah. like we were talking about earlier where this is about as good as you can hope for with <laughs> sort a guy of a, like that. an out-of-touch ultra rich hollywood mm-hmm. producer you've got some weird like race and identity stuff that mm-hmm. isn't isn't ideal but it does feel like his heart is in the right place this is about corporate imperialism yeah and sort of manifest destiny and just running rampant over native lands and and stripping them for resources mm-hmm. and not giving a shit about like what they value it's only what you value mm-hmm. uh, so like the politics are generally good, just a the, bit execu- heavy. The
1: execution is the Not execution perfect. of the idea is like oh, a,
0: little, right. a little 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 <laughs> squishy. My big hot take is that <laughs> there has been this weird kind of Cameron bashing that's been going on since before Avatar, really since Titanic it feels like. And people keep talking, keep making fun of Cameron and the movies and how long it takes him to make them, how many production delays there are. Basically, I remember when Titanic came out, that was really when it started with everyone being like, oh, James Cameron, he did that I'm the king of the world thing Mm -hmm. at the Oscars. Like everyone made fun of him. That was the thing to do. Yeah, And I did it too. I was like an 11 year old shithead. Of course. Uh, 12. I was 12.
1: You were, you were Edward Furlong.
0: I was Edward Furlong. You know, the big popular thing, to say with avatar is like it had no effect on the culture at large no one remembers avatar fucking everyone remembers avatar shut the fuck up
1: i do remember the plot but yeah. i don't i don't remember much about like i don't remember the name of the characters
0: sully is one of them oh sure i'm pretty sure and no, you know like i'm not gonna say it had the biggest effect terminator too had a bigger effect on the culture sure. but like Avatar had a big effect on the culture. It was like, a
1: very big movie. It was a
0: very big movie. Everyone talked about it. It was. It's the, still the number one movie of all time. Like I, I know people try to say that Endgame is bigger, but right. like adjusted for inflation, yeah. uh, Avatar is bigger. kinda that's, uh, kind well, of, that's
1: cra- crazy to think about.
0: Actually, uh, kind of contradicting myself. There, Gone with the Wind is still the number one movie of all time, oh. and I think it always will be. Especially post-COVID, I don't think anything can ever top that. Mm. But Avatar made, like, over $2 billion worldwide. Jesus Christ. It was a monster. And so people talking about, like, Avatar sequels flopping and failing, and no one wants it, they're going to do poorly. Maybe they're right. Probably. I'm not going to say probably. I'm going to say maybe. Maybe Mm. they're right. But people said Titanic was going to flop. People said Avatar the first time was going to flop. Mm. Titanic was the biggest movie of all time apart from Gone with the Wind, (laughs) until avatar. Yeah. I'm just not willing to go out and bet against James Cameron at this point. Like yeah. it could turn out that the movies flop. You know, I think the first avatar did have the benefit of being a proper 3D movie in a time when everyone that was, paid for it, that everyone paid for. And that was like not something people were used mm-hmm. to. And there was a real novelty to it. Nobody even makes 3D movies anymore. So I don't know what technological uh, advance he'll be able to bring to these new ones, but I'm not going to be the one to be like, uh-huh. Uh, James Cameron, you idiot. You don't know what you're doing. Like the dude has two of the biggest movies ever made. Maybe don't bet against him.
1: I do find it interesting that he's choosing to expand. So, you know, after Terminator 2, he was not part of.
0: No, he's got a producer credit. Yeah, but like.
1: You know, he's not hands-on, day-to-day, he's not there. Yeah. I find it interesting that Avatar is the one that he's chosen to not just franchise, but actually direct seemingly like four or five movies. Like, that's interesting to me. It feels like an odd choice given his... Previous movies like you know Avatar was a big deal. You know he's pushing pushing a new technology forward. Titanic is singular. There wasn't a Titanic two. You know even Terminator two that took seven years. Um, So I do. It is interesting to me that he is promising five sequels to avatar instead of doing something it's a little strange
0: i don't fully understand i think it's just a passion project of his and kind of he doesn't give a shit at this point i think if he were a little quicker with his production schedule (laughs) there's sort of an alternate universe where the avatar movies could become an enormous franchise like star wars or the marvel movies if they just got produced a little more quickly Mm -hmm. and maybe they still will because it is from what I understand, from what little I've heard, it's not going to take place on Pandora like the first one. It's mm. going to be on a different planet. Either that or it's all underwater or something. Like,
1: <laughs> Well, that tracks. Right? Yeah. It
0: does. Uh, he loves going underwater. Oh. The man can't can't help himself. <laughs> I think the idea is that it's sort of his own universe to play around mm. in. The
1: JCCU.
0: Oh boy. I would prefer that he do other things or do anything, honestly. Like, I would have liked to have seen him make more movies only because he is a great filmmaker whose stuff I enjoy watching, even when there are issues. Mm -hmm. Like Titanic is a great movie. It's not my favorite movie. Avatar has some great stuff and some not so great stuff, but it is interesting. All of his movies are interesting and he's made, besides Terminator 2, he made Aliens. He made True Lies. Like the man has made some genuine all-timer films. So I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm willing to see what he does with this Avatar shit. And I think anyone who is, like, mocking him and saying, like, dumb, it's like, maybe just wait and see. Maybe you'll be right. But it's an interesting one to make fun of Mm. when his entire track record is proving that pretty wrong. amazing proving that not just proving it wrong but proving it catastrophically wrong. yeah yeah and the dude only only makes only makes hits. hits truly so you know maybe shut the fuck up you're gonna look like a fool and talk shit get hit talk shit get hit <laughs> and you know whenever these movies come out i might Look back at this little. I know. And
1: I will be the first person to bring it up.
0: And I will cringe and be like, boy, I I didn't call that one. But I'm going to stand here now in (laughs) February of 2022 and say like, don't bet against James Cameron. That's true. As a filmmaker
1: seldom a bad Maybe idea. Maybe as,
0: as a man who's able to stay married, you can go ahead and bet against him. He's not great at that. But <laughs> as a filmmaker
1: That's where you've that's where you've got James Cameron.
0: I mean so far So far. Yeah. <laughs> If my avatar take goes really poorly, I might join him. Mm-hmm. That's my big avatar screen. I don't even really like avatar that much, but it's just weird that people are so, get so worked up about how much it sucks and how much he's going to it's, fail. It's
1: become kind of an online shorthand. Yeah. I feel like as the the number of fun things to be mad about has decreased. Has dwindled, yeah. Like, you know, people are kind of playing the hits.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It feels old. It feels like real twenty fourteen humor. Like we're still doing God, this. That was eight years ago. Yeah. Well in Avatar it was two thousand nine. Like, this okay. has been going on for a while. Please now. don't remind
1: me how far I I'm, so I'm so
0: sorry. 2009 was. Oh my God. Yep. Uh,
1: Avatar, not so great. Terminator 2. Avatar is fine. It's it, not cool. Okay. It's fine. Great. <laughs> Terminator 2. Terminator 2 is a, a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. It's a classic. And uh, either watch it on Netflix or buy an actual copy.
0: Yeah, well, you've got very short time to watch it on Netflix, so get on that. Yeah, February
1: uh, 28th. And, like, what's fun is they they are warning everyone that it will be gone
0: February 28th. I think it must be extremely popular. It makes me think that Netflix realizes that people are going to be mad when it's gone, so they're just trying to give everyone a heads up, because nobody actually likes Netflix's actual stuff, for the most part. There's yeah, kind of rare. There's a few good shows on there, but... That's sort of the, the dirty little secret about Netflix is everyone just wishes The Office was back on there. <laughs> you know? They don't want to pay for Peacock. No, nobody wants Peacock.
1: <laughs> any, any streaming service that you have to pay money to use but also you still have to watch ads. ads, that's a no-go. <laughs> That's that's bad, guys.
0: I mean, I, it speaks to like the only things we've been exclusively watching on Netflix the past couple of months are Seinfeld and 30 Rock reruns.
1: Yep.
0: Not Netflix shows. No. I am I don't want to get into Netflix right now. We can't. Now. <laughs> we we can't simply do don't have time. Yeah. So I think that pretty much wraps us up for, for this week. But yeah, Terminator 2 is, I think, one of the Better films we've reviewed on this podcast so and far. And
1: we, I mean, d- d- the point of this podcast is to talk about movies that we like. We love, it's rare yeah. that we rewatch a movie and are like, "Oh no,
0: Event Horizon." <laughs> Sorry,
1: <laughs> apologies to Event Horizon. Um,
0: for the most for the part, for most we're part, to get the yeah.
1: Hits. Uh, but even amongst, this is a jewel amongst
0: gems, jewel?
1: other yeah. jewels, a, d-
0: <laughs> a diamond amongst. Uh, Amethysts? Sure. (laughs) It's a great movie. Check it out. However you can find it, like a fantastic film, check it out.
1: Yeah, and we'll see you next time.
0: Bye.